Welcome to the Pastor's Voice. I am Rule Sample, and I am talking to pastors and church leaders about the current issues of the day that are impacting their ministries and the people they serve. Most of us have a hard time explaining worldview to others. Teaching teens to have a Christian worldview seems to be an impossible task. Today I talk with Nancy Fitzgerald, founder and executive director of Anchors Away Ministry. Nancy describes her own journey from agnostic searcher to sold-out Christian, and how she discovered the nearly universal hunger for spiritual truth in the hearts and minds of our children. I am incredibly honored to have with us today Nancy Fitzgerald from Anchors Away. Nancy, glad you can be with us. Well, thank you for the invite. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Nancy and her husband, Edward, are the parents of four grown children and 10 grandchildren. She was educated at Indiana University, where she received a BS and two Master of Science degrees. She is best known for her golfing ability. She is an amateur golf champion on the state and national level, uh, inducted into the Kalamazoo, Michigan, and the Indiana Golf Hall of Fame. She teaches several different Bible studies and speaks to youth and adults throughout the country. She has taught at Summit Ministries in Colorado. Today, Nancy is currently chairman of Rock Organization Incorporated and founder and executive director of Anchors Away. Tell us about your ministry. Yes, well, um, thank you for that intro. And I will say that all that work was done as a non-believer. I, uh, at the age of five, witnessed the death of my brother by drowning and was blamed for it by the babysitter. Let me just say it was a day of horror for me as a five-year-old. And as a result of that moment and not being able to process that with our parents, who obviously were just distraught over the loss of a two-year-old, um, I kind of decided, I kind of, I did decide when I was five, um, that I would no longer ever consider a God to believe in. We were raised agnostic. We were, uh, uh my grandparents were not believers, aunts, uncles, cousins, school friends, nothing. And so my attitude, I think as a young child, I had a heart toward God for some reason, but at that moment, when my father came to tell me that, that my brother Stephen had died, um, I said to him that he is in heaven, which is the first time I'd heard my parents ever talk about heaven, but heaven, like I had no idea what that meant. But I said to my dad, I said, if he's with God, he won't be happy. If God is nice and loving, why did he allow Stephen to die? And my dad just looked at me and I told him he is not happy. Don't tell me he's happy there. And that was the end of it. But the beginning of a 32 year search to find meaning and to find purpose in life. And I went through life uh, broken on the inside. On the outside, I was great. I was doing great in school. Um, of course, golf took me all over the world. I had a lot of trophies, but, you know, um, 
God teaches us in the scriptures, trophies don't mean all that much. Uh, to <laughs> him, he's really not so impressed, but kind of hurt my feelings. But I got to the point where I, when I was in graduate school, in postgraduate school, earning those degrees, I did that because I love learning, but also kind of trying to figure out life. And I remember asking Christian friends of mine at that time, why do you believe? Why do you believe in a God that would allow a two-year-old to drown and a five-year-old to get blamed with it? Just answer that question and I will consider your faith. But right now I have none. You're still asking these questions. This was two decades after the, the death of your of your sibling. Yes, absolutely. And I with such passion, I wanted, I think my soul wanted to know, but I was so angry with God. And then I just got more and more angry with the Christian church because I did not find a single Christian who, a person who identified as Christian that was able to give me the reason for the hope that they had. And it was so annoying. It was time after time. Well, it was just the way I was raised. I mean, I mean, I don't know. And obviously to most all of them, their, their faith wasn't that important. So my understanding was then why should it be important to me if it's not to you for crying out loud? Maybe there is no God. Um, so that's what I carried on in. And then I got married and had four kids. And I remembered sitting down one day <clears throat> just on my stairs. I put the kids all, we had four kids in six years. So they're all taking a rest or a nap. I remember sitting on the stairs thinking, this is not the life I thought I would have. Um, I have everything the world has told me they have. My husband's a heart surgeon. We're doing well that way. He's playing great golf, but, um, you know, loving my kids. But I was miserable. And at that point, then, rule because I couldn't find any answers to questions, I began to do massive research myself. Um, by going to the library, starting to look into commentaries and one thing after another, when I got to Josh McDowell's uh, book on, uh, you know, how do about the Bible and the reliabilities of the scripture, the defense of the faith, I was overwhelmed by the evidence, totally overwhelmed and realized that after trying to fight with the Lord over a year and a half of reading and arguing with him about people that were defending the faith, I finally had to lay the pen down and, and, and just say, God, I can no longer fight you. I surrender to you. Because when you've got 2,000 prophecies in the scripture, no other religious book has them. When you have 48 uh, standalone prophecies on the coming Messiah and Jesus fulfilled all 48 of them. The odds of that are inhuman, overwhelming. I cannot and I will not allow myself intellectually to believe something that now obviously is true. And I, I decided then that I would put my faith in God. I would learn more about who he was, what he had called me to do, what my purpose is. And I, I then, at that point, I said, I will do whatever it takes to make sure that people that carry your name know why they do that. You and went that, through, you went through this early on. <laughs> you, you went through the, the same 
spiritual battle that Josh McDowell did. Uh, evidence that demands a verdict. That's what he did. And you were able to shortcut a little bit with what he did, but there is no shortcutting the, the pain and the agony of all those years of searching. No, it was crazy. And then my, then I started flying all over the country because I could play golf. People would listen to me. This is what's so funny about the whole thing. Uh, you know, it wasn't because I was some academic genius. It was just because they were fascinated that a woman could play that kind of golf and uh, still be able to think. So whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, I did that. And then uh, my son at that time was 17. And I said to him, Scotty, what are you going to do if you get a roommate like me when you go away to school? And he said, what is that? And I said, well, you know, like an atheist, agnostic. He said, mom, I don't even know what that means. And, you know, point to parents <laughs> and a reminder to myself. Sometimes we get so involved in ministry. I was just on this, uh, you know, uh, a bent to find answers kind of journey for a couple of years. I had quiet time with the kids. We had Bible study in the mornings with the kids, but I'd never shared with them a piece of that journey because I was trying to figure out the answers myself more and more and more. Uh, and now we have a book that's almost 400 pages long, a uh, 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 handbook for kids with 21 lessons in it that that is an easy to learn compilation of the questions that agnostics and atheists have about their faith. And now that Christians have about their faith that have gone unanswered. So I asked my son to, to bring some of his friends over. I wanna answer their questions they have about God, let's do it. And they had the same questions I had as an atheist. So I started just taking my notes and writing some lesson plans and, kind of working through that and they loved it. And I did it from, from um, January to the end of April. And then the next year I had another kid coming. So I did it again. And then we moved into a church and it grew. And then we move it out of the church into our home. And within, oh, I would say eight to 10 years, we had 156 seniors in high school from 13 different schools packed into our great room. They were there to learn. They were there and they defied statistics because kids don't want to learn this, that, and the other. Well, guess what? They were coming early to get a good seat. They were squished in there. I lectured to them an hour and a half. They did not move. Now, and I did have PowerPoints and <clears throat> a bunch of videos and stuff, the clips to show them. That's how I taught worldview, mostly by video clips so they could see it. But they were there not because I'm such a great lecturer or even teacher. They were there because they were starving for truth. Well, they yeah, were starving. Yeah, un unlike sitting through a social studies class or a math class and try to yeah. get a teenager to sit still for 10 minutes, much less an hour and a half, is that God puts into each one of us a hunger to learn. Is that we're hardwired to learn about God. We're hardwired to learn about Jesus. And so naturally people will gravitate towards that if it's done correctly. For sure. And we teach Socratically. I teach Socratically. I'm always open for questions. I know Chuck Colson, after I met him, he, uh, he was something else. He couldn't believe what we were doing. And, and so I talked with him in Indianapolis and I let him see some of our videos. 
he got he called me back. He said, those are the worst videos I've ever seen. <laughs> what are you talking about? And he said, how you can allow students to interrupt you? And I said, Chuck, I'm not speaking to them. I'm Socratically teaching them. I want them to ask questions because when they ask questions, that means they're learning. I don't want this to bounce off with them. That's why they're such good listeners in this. But it honestly, it just caught on. It was ridiculous. We had a live feed downstairs, 20 small group leaders. So the house was insane. They were parking. Luckily, we had 10 acres of land. So they were parking all over the acreage. I didn't care where they parked. I could care less. But they were there to learn. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Not what they had learned academically, but how their life had changed. They understood their purpose. They understood how much they were loved by God. They knew that the iris, the eye, and the thumbprint are unique to them. They know, they know, knew some of them for the first time, you are not a mistake. You are called to love God and love others. That is your, that is your overall goal and to do this by discipleship. And the thing is, well, I, I think just as parents and grandparents listening to this, perhaps we want our kids to say that almighty sanctification, you know, a, a prayer that, that we would become Christians, you know, that, that I believe that you are my savior and come into my heart. And, you know, it's, that if if that is a prayer of truly of the heart, that is just the beginning, parents. That is not the end. How and did you how did you morph all that uh, into anchors away? You, because just to recap, you just started this by talking to your son about your own faith journey, yeah. uh, and then how did that morph into an actual anchors away ministry? Well, I, I tell you, we were going about. I don't know, 10, 12, 14 years or so. And Chuck Colson did come to town, uh, heard about us, had a conversation with him. And he actually wanted to start what we now, what we used to call the the Centurion programs of 100 Christian leaders coming together and learning worldviews so they could teach it in their communities across the country. Uh, it's now called the Colson Center, uh, a Colson Fellow Program. But that was his dream is to have people learn worldview and then take it around the world because he realized, he realized very clearly, and he said on our website, if you go there, anchorsway.org, you will see a video there. He is on that video. I've saved that video uh, because he said, this should be our number one mission field is to reach young people before they go to school. And it's our number one mission now to be that training center, to teach the adult population, Christian adults, please let us teach you how to teach this, open up your home and change not only the lives of of your own children, but also of those in your community. Um, Let's do it community by community. And we are offering that. That's that's the pulse beat of what we do. And it all started with Chuck Colson when I started putting these notes together and book form and and we I traveled all over the country uh, teaching people how to teach this to their youth and now 
uh, because that was extraordinarily burdensome for me. Um, we now have a, a online learning system uh, where anybody that goes to our website can can begin instantly to learn worldview by going to our boot camp by by going through a. Uh, anchor, the unanswered smoke mirrors and God curriculum we have just for anybody. You don't have to be trained to teach it, but just go through it, read it, do it with your kids. Uh, we offer all this on our website, but I'm telling you, kids are so thirsty and hungry for this. And I tire of kids thinking that all there is to life is to just say that prayer of salvation and you will be saved and your life will be happy ever after. And we're not being honest with these kids. How on earth do you say a prayer and give your life to a God you do not know? I don't understand the thinking behind this. Next week, Nancy and I continue our discussion, including why teenagers are not finding worldview answers in their local church. If you have any questions about our podcast, would like to be a guest, or would like to become a sponsor, please email us at podcasts at thepastorsvoice.net. Please also consider supporting this ministry by using the Support the Show link. I am Rule Sample. Thank you for listening.